world. I'm Rochelle Indra, a life coach here to teach you the shit they should have taught us in school but didn't. Our society has a vested interest in keeping you stuck and unhappy so that you will try to buy your way out of it. But that's where I come in. I'm here to teach you how to give them all the middle finger. Week by week, I'll share bite-sized strategies on tackling overwhelm, onboarding good habits, creating boundaries, and actionable steps to rewire your brain to actually work for you instead of against you. This is a Soulfire production. Do you know how to train an elephant? (laughs) What am I saying? Of course you do. But I'm going to review it for those out there who don't know. You take a baby elephant and you put a shackle around its foot. And that shackle is attached to a very thick chain. And at the end, you stake that chain into the ground. And the baby elephant pulls and pulls and tugs and it tries to use its other foot to rip that shackle off. And it screams and it screams and it tries to run away and it just never, ever gets away. So it eventually gives up because it knows that it's useless. Then, by the time the elephant is an adult, you can take that same foot and wrap a string around it and stake that string into the ground. And it will never, ever try to get away because it still believes that it's impossible. So I tell you this incredibly depressing story (laughs) because I'm a bad person. Um, Yeah, because that story haunts me. That story gives me chills because I know how relevant it is for all of us now that we're adults. I bring this up because so many things happen to us as a child And we just assume that that is real, that that is true forever. And we never go back and re-examine, right? That adult elephant never goes back and says, you know what? Let me try one more time because maybe this time it's different. Maybe the situation has changed or maybe I have changed. It doesn't even bother to try because it just says this is the way that it is. And we do the exact same thing. Something that happened to us, something that was a certain way as a child, we never go back and re-examine. Is that still true? Was that even true back then? Is that true now? Is that true in this circumstance? So I'll give you a great example. So Your personality, as if you've listened to my other uh, podcast, we've talked about this, your entire personality is invented by the age of five. And we invent our personalities to receive love and to avoid pain. So your personality is invented by five when you are mostly just in your home, when you are mostly just with your parents, when you are mostly just with your uh, siblings, close relatives. So the things that happen in your home is how your brain decides the entire world works. Yeah, that's terrifying for most of us. If you had an incredible, amazing, wonderful childhood that was perfect in every way, well then fuck you. Uh, (laughs) But I'm venturing to guess 
you didn't. Even if you think you did, you didn't. And I'm not putting down your lovely parents, and I'm not saying that you should, you know, have an argument at Christmas. What I'm saying is there's still, no matter how wonderful your parents were, there's still accidental damage that gets caused. Here's a very silly, funny example of that. So uh, there's a great story about a um, little girl that's making a roast with her mother. And they get the roast ready to put into the oven, and uh, the mother cuts off the sides of the roast. And the little girl says, well, why do we cut off the sides of the roast? And the mother says, oh, that's, that's just the way you do it. And the little girl says, well, why? And the mother thinks, well, I, I don't know. It's just the way my mother did it. And the little girl says, well, can we call grandma and ask why? So the mother thinks about it and says, okay. So they call the grandmother and say, why do we cut off the ends of the roast? And the grandmother says, oh, because it's the way you do it. And the mother says, yeah, I know, but we're trying to figure out why that's the way you do it. And the grandmother thinks, and she says, well, I don't know. That's the way my mom did it. And they think about it, and the mother says, well, can we call great-grandma and ask her? And the grandmother says, yeah, sure, let's do that. So they call the great-grandmother, and they say, why do we cut off the ends of the roast? And the great-grandmother says, Oh, because uh, my oven was never big enough to fit an entire roast. So I always had to cut off the ends. (laughs) I love that story because it goes to show that if we don't ask why, if we don't take time to think about the messages we got, the stories we got, the quote unquote truths we got as a child, we then just keep going with it. We then just keep passing it on to the people in our lives, to our own children, to the people around us. And we hold those stories in ourself. And we hold them as truths. Because when we were little, those were truths. Whatever happened in that home, that was truth. That was the way the world worked. I was worthy of love. I wasn't worthy of love. I was a good boy. I was a shameful boy. My sister deserved more love than me because I wasn't good enough. Sports are the most important thing. That is how you get love, right? And on and on and on. And that is how we develop our personalities. And we keep those belief systems as truths. And we take them on throughout our lives. And then we that is how we run our lives as an adult, which is why when you go to therapy, which I always highly recommend. If I could just insert a um, commercial for therapy right now, I would because you guys know how much I love therapy. When you go to therapy, they ask about your childhood. People are like, ugh, I don't talk about my childhood. I know people roll their eyes at how much we talk about childhoods here, but like that's really, I, I mean, I always say I could give you some raw, raw, like coaching bullshit. I'm like, just get up and do it and believe in your fucking self. Like, no, let's really actually dig out where the root of the problem comes from. And guess what? It's childhood, right? For most things. So we have to go back into childhood and say, where did those stories come from? Where did that belief system come from? If you are one of my clients or you are in my membership, you know or will soon know that I will often ask, and when was the first time you remember feeling that way? When was the first time that was true? 
because I'm trying to find where that belief system came from, where you onboarded that tool. Because for most of us, we get to a point in our life, usually around teens, early 20s, where we realize that our parents aren't superheroes. We realize our parents aren't gods. We realize our parents weren't perfect parents, that they were just human. And that can be a really, really hard realization to have. It can be really therapeutic. It can be really good because that is sort of where you turn from being a child into an adult is to realize, oh, my parents are flawed. They're just people doing the best they could. Sometimes that was really wonderful. Sometimes that was not so wonderful. Sometimes it was somewhere in the middle, but they were just people doing the best they could. And we keep going with our lives. But the really important thing to do is to say, oh, my parents were flawed. They were just people. They did the best they could with the information and tools that they had probably not um, having a master's in child psychology, probably not being therapists, probably not having all the tools. They did the best they could. Let me now pull my foot and see if the chain is still there. Let me re-examine my childhood and say, what was true? And what wasn't, what maybe was true as a child, what maybe was true in that home, but it's not true now or it doesn't have to be true now. Now I'm an adult. Now I get to make my own decisions. Now I get to raise my own family. Now I get to do things the way that I want. I remember going through therapy and realizing that my parents weren't perfect, that my parents were just people, that my parents loved me very much, and still totally and completely screwed things up. And I can say this on my podcast, knowing my dad listens, because he'll be the first to tell you, because he has also been through therapy and is a wonderful man and takes full responsibility for, hey, I loved you and I did the best I could with the tools I had at the time. So my favorite story about realizing I was an adult and I could do things my way. And I challenge you to think about, God, when was it when I realized that I knew better for me than my parent did? And by the way, I say this as somebody who still calls my dad multiple times a week. And like, what do I do? What do I do? This happened. That happened. What do I do? Help me fix this. Make this better. Like I tell him all the time, you thought I would be raised by 18, but really I'm still not raised by 40. Um, I was like, dad, it's a lifelong process. Like on your deathbed, I'll still be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like really quickly before you go, could you just, do you remember, can you help me? What does this mean? So I still go to my father for things, but I go to him now as an advisor. And that's the healthy thing. I don't go to him as the God that I felt he was as a child. The things he said, that was universal truth because when we're a child, our parents are superheroes, gods, whatever you want to say. What they say is the way the world works. We grow up, we have our own thoughts, we have our own experiences, and we can go to people in our lives, whether it is a clergy member, whether it is a a mentor, a friend, a parent, whoever it is in your life, taking what they say under an advisory role. Okay, I would love your advice. I want to take it in. And I talk to my clients about this all the time. That person that you really, really trust is also flawed because they're human. So you don't always take everything that everybody says as gospel. You take what they say, 
you bring it into yourself and say, hmm, is that relevant for me? Is that truth for me? Is all of that is part of that? I even remind my clients, you know, I have a younger client um, in her early 20s, and I say the same thing to her. I, we're talking about this dismantling of our parents being gods, and so I just brought this up to her lately, and I said, um, you know, you have to just take everything everybody says as as an advisor. That is what it is to be an adult, that you have to make your own decisions with your own belief systems and your own truths and your own gut and your own heart and your own mind, even me, like even me as your coach, you cannot take everything I say to be gospel because I am a person. I have my own flaws, my own things I'm going through. I have my own uh, traumas and issues and triggers, right? I'm doing the best I can, but even the things I say, you can't take as, oh, well, then that just must be the truth. Unless you date me and then absolutely everything I say is the truth. And if you just do it my way, it'll be so much fucking easier. (laughs) <laughs> I wonder why I'm divorced. Anyhowsen, let's go back to my story. Uh, sorry about my tangents. So when I realized that I was now an adult, I was 18 and I had just gone away to college and I had gone to a state school in LA and I'd really wanted to go to a film school, but they didn't take you as a freshman or sophomore, you had to be a junior or senior to go to this school. So I was like, oh, well, I don't want to take two years off of school, so I'll just go. I'll get some gen eds taken care of, blah, blah, blah. Then pretty much as soon as I started at the state school I went to, um, I got a letter from the film school I wanted to go to saying, ha, we now decided to take sophomores. I was like, ah, damn it. Like, what am I going to do now? I want to go. I'm going to go next year. You know, I'm just going to basically kick it for a year at this school. And, you know, that doesn't really mean anything because they don't even need any gen eds moved over. (sighs) Great. And I was walking by a door in one of the big buildings, and there was a sign that said, study abroad in London. And I just thought, wow, that sounded really cool. So I walked in the door and uh, there's a bunch of people sitting around talking and somebody was giving a, a presentation about it. And it was for the next semester. So I was my, it was my fall semester. It was for spring and you could go as a freshman, which is pretty unheard of. In fact, um, you know, I don't even know any other schools where you can go and do a study abroad as a freshman, but this one you could. So I took a pamphlet. I sat, I listened to the hour lecture, asked all my questions and decided this was perfect. This was a perfect thing for me to do with my second semester so that I was getting this amazing worldly experience since I really didn't need to be in school at that time anyways, why not go on this awesome adventure? So I ran back to my uh, room. I called my dad. I was so excited. I said, dad, 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 I just watched this presentation and oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm going to go to London for a study abroad in spring semester. Now, I had um, modeled as a child because I'm so cute and had saved up some money for college so I could pay for this study abroad uh, program by myself. So I said, oh my gosh, yes, I'm going to go do this. I'm so excited. Aren't you excited? And my father said, "Mm, that does sound really fun, but you know what? Not a good idea as a freshman. Maybe if you decide to stay, you could go um, next year, but probably, you know, juniors and seniors years is usually when people do that. So that's best, but it is really exciting. And 
there was a pause on the phone. I said, "Yeah, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I, th- I think it's, I think it's gonna be great." And he was like, "No, I think junior or senior year would be better." And pause again. And that was the moment that I realized I was not asking my father. I was telling him that this is what I was going to do. And I said that. I said, Dad, I'm, I'm not asking you. I'm, I'm informing you that this is what I'm going to do. And he got very quiet. And kudos, credit to him. He said, oh, are we there in our relationship? Are we there in our father-daughter relationship where you no longer ask me what you can do? You are telling me, like I'm just a bystander in your life, and you're telling me what you're going to do. And he said, yeah, I'm afraid so. And he said, okay, I, I got that. I'll support you. And not only that, I went, and I had an amazing time. And it was an unbelievably amazing experience and made me absolutely fall in love with London fall in love with Europe, make me know that I someday was going to go back there and live there. It's been, what, 22 years, and I am now looking at, you know, I'm going to be going in two months, and I'm going to be looking at where I want to start living part-time or perhaps eventually full-time in Europe because I made that decision for myself. And we've talked since as adults of how not only was that the first time I said, no, I'm making my decision myself, but it was actually the right decision. And he agrees now. He's like, I'm so glad you did that. That was so smart. And I was the only freshman. Everybody else was juniors and seniors from my school or from other schools. Um, I was by far the baby um, at 18, by far. And it was a wonderful, amazing experience that changed the course and trajectory of my life in a very positive way. So I bring this up because I really want you to look at your own life, and where have you seen that you became an adult? And also, by the way, have you become an adult in that way? It is okay if you haven't. It is okay if you're somebody who still relies on your parents and their thoughts and their advice and their opinions for everything. If you live your life based on what your parents think of you, based on what they want for you and from you, no judgment. It's just something to make sure that you're aware of. I'm not going to judge the way you live your life, but are you at least aware of it? I just don't want you to be on autopilot about anything you do ever. Right? That's why I do what I do, to just remind you to take a look at your life. And once you realize I'm an adult and I have my own thoughts and opinions and belief systems and things I've gone through, how do you then go back And look at your childhood now. Look at the things that you believed as truths when you were little. This is the way the the world works. This is the way um, relationships should be. This is the way partnerships should be, friendships, um, religion, shame. What made you a good person, a bad person? What made other people good people or bad people? Stories around work, stories around worth, stories around sex. Oh, gives me chills. We're going to do an entire podcast on sex Um, because we have so, so many stories about sex from our parents. 
that kind of sounds odd, but via osmosis or what they taught us or the schools we went to. Um, I mean, I went to a Christian school for a year because I was severely dyslexic and they had a very good dyslexia program, but it was fifth grade and that's where I had human sexuality. And it taught to me at a Christian school. So that was interesting, but that'll be a whole other podcast, I promise. So what are the things that you learned either because your family told you or just via osmosis of just that feeling, right? There's so much we learn by how somebody acts, how somebody um, holds their face or their body when we do a certain thing, right? Sometimes somebody shames us for so long that they don't even need to shame us anymore because we will shame ourselves just because we know that look. We see that shoulder shrug. It's so much of communication, 70%, in fact, of communication is nonverbal, which is why texting is the shit show that texting is because you're using 30% of communication only. So why people are like, I hate emojis. And I'm like, mm, well, at least it's a little bit of body language. It gives us a little bit more information than just words. So what did you learn based on what your parents didn't say? which are siblings or your grandparents. Many of us grew up, um, I did, with grandparents in the home. My grandmother lived on our property, so she was incredibly influential as well in my childhood development. And she was an immigrant from France. That was a whole other cultural thing. She swore at me in French all the time. I knew all the French dirty words by the age of seven. Thank you, Grandma. Loved you so much. So what is it we learned because of what we were taught and what we just picked up on or what we watched our siblings go through? There's so much that we learned by whether or not our sibling was punished or how, or how our parents felt about our sibling after they did said thing. And then we said, oof, I'm not going to do that. The world doesn't allow that. That's not okay. It's just important for us to go back and start looking. And this may be something you just start thinking about more when you're driving, when you're going for a walk, when you're cleaning the house. Maybe it's something you just think about. Maybe it's something that you journal about. Maybe if you have safe relationships with your sibling, maybe this is something that you talk to your siblings about. I just recently had a phenomenal conversation, uh, like a two-hour conversation with my brother. I have an older brother. We had this beautiful, beautiful, oh my God, it's going to make me cry talking about it. It's a beautiful conversation where we really talked about the things that happened in our childhood. And I said, well, remember when this happened? And my brother said, what do you mean? It didn't happen that way. It happened this way. And then we had a moment like, no, it happened this way. And then my brother's like, I'm older. I remember how it happened. And truth is, it doesn't actually matter how it did happen how I thought it happened from being two years younger is what formulated parts of who I am now, parts of how I see the world or how I see myself. And it was really good to hear from him what his perspective was on that situation. And that maybe there was a truth that I wasn't even aware of. 
or and I understood my brother more by understanding his perspective on certain situations that I went, oh, that is not how I saw that. Maybe because I'm a girl and he's a boy, I'm younger. Um, we're just very different people. We are very different people. So if you have the ability to talk with your siblings about some of the things that happened as a child, and if you have a great relationship with your siblings, you may have a couple of cocktails and laugh all the time about the good stuff. But are you talking about the bad stuff? Or are you talking about the things that shaped you? Are you talking about the belief systems you got from your childhood? And I know that sometimes that's hard to identify because it's so ingrained in who we are now that we don't even think to look. That elephant doesn't think to turn and look at that string and realize how small that string is because it doesn't even think it needs to look anymore because this is the way it is. I cannot escape. It is not possible. I tried. I failed. I'm not going to try again. This is the way the world is. I cannot escape. So having those discussions with siblings is great. If you have really close relationship with your parents. If, um, if you're lucky enough to have parents have gone through therapy like mine and you can have those conversations safely with your parents around the things that happened around the, the belief systems. I've had some wonderful conversations with my parents around their childhoods. What was their childhood like? And then I can see patterns, right? I can see why they cut off the ends of the roast, And I go, ah, your mother did this, then you did this because you didn't see, you didn't take the time to go through and say, "Mm, is this really the way the world works? You just accepted it as a child, right? It's sort of like the adult elephant that, you know, is tied to a string and then they come and they tie a string to the baby elephant and the adult elephant says, don't even struggle. You won't get away. I've already tried that. It's not how the world works. You're trapped. And we do this, right? Generational trauma. We do this to our children until we learn to break the pattern. And don't worry, we'll do an entire episode on that as well. But if you could have that conversation, what was your childhood like with your parents? Where did this belief system come from? Right? That can be so healing. Or even just talking it out with a friend, talking about your childhood with a friend, talking about your childhood with a partner, looking at how you were raised and looking at how you're raising your own children. So, so powerful. And I tell you this because I love you, fam. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time. So there you have it. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode and follow me at Coach Rochelle Indra on TikTok and Instagram.